Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. We're on Apple, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on TuneIn, we're on YouTube, and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. I am the one and only Justin Watry. This is the new 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast. We are going to have lots of great guests in the future, lots of great music in the future, lots of great segments in the future, and lots of great co-hosts in the future. But today, I just wanted to do a quick little intro and get some fast lane predictions out there for you. First is the always controversial kickoff match for Fastlane. You, you got to understand something here with the kickoff match always. You want something that is worth tuning in for. You want something that people are going to watch and go, okay, I'm going to subscribe to the network at the top of the hour. I need to see the rest of this show. I got to see what's going to happen. But at the same time, you're not going to put a main event caliber match on there. You're just not going to do it. It makes no sense to do that. So Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. I don't know about you, but I like it. I think it's exactly what it should be. It's a very high-profile match with two stars, and it's sure to deliver, but it's nothing that's going to headline a card, and it's nothing that's going to get 30 minutes and hyped up commercials and everything like that. It certainly should, and honestly, it could down the line, but right now, this is exactly the kind of match that a kickoff thing deserves. So, as for a prediction... I would like to see the feud continue, actually. They've had about how many matches on SmackDown, and they've always delivered, and we know that they're capable of more, even with Mysterio's age, and Andrade is still being somewhat new to the main roster, but, you know, he clearly gets it with Selena Vega by his side. So, I'm tempted to say Rey Mysterio actually wins the kickoff match because it gets the crowd going, gets the pop, everybody's happy, the commentators can sit there and smile and talk about how Fastlane is coming up next while Mysterio poses for the crowd and Andrade and Sienna, Selena, you know, wither away to the back. But... I'd like to see it go for one more pay-per-view, and yes, I'm talking about WrestleMania. It doesn't have to be a mask versus hair match or anything with a Lucha Libre type deal like that. But, you know, it has to be something, and obviously there'd have to be some sort of stipulation attached to it. And that, I believe, is where Andrade should get the big win. Now, obviously, you don't need to include the mask for Mysterio, because that would pretty much mean the end of his career in WWE once that mask comes off. But Andrade deserves a big win on a big stage against a big opponent. And doing that against Mysterio at WrestleMania would clearly do that. I'm not sure a fast lane victory ultimately really does much for him. So as much as I'll probably be rooting for him, I'm going to say Mysterio wins. Up next, I see uh, the Raw Tag Team title match is Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. Versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Oh boy. A lot to digest here. First of all, can we get a tag team name for Roode and Gable? I mean, the glorious ones. I mean, something like that. I'm not sure, but they need a name. If they're going to stick together, I always like tag teams with names. Even the Rock and Sock Connection got a name, and you knew they weren't going to be too long. You know, they weren't going to be together very long. So Rude and Gable, that, that's an interesting pairing. I like what they've done so far. I always think Rude can do a whole lot more. He's my underrated, underappreciated star of 2018. Since moving to Raw, I thought for sure he'd be up there you know, with Balor and Drew and Lashley and even Baron Corbin and everybody else. But you know, he's hanging around with Chad Gable. So it's a good spot for him, but 
not exactly where I want him to be, if I'm being honest with you. There seemed to be some sort of heel turn on Monday night with them. I don't know if anyone wants to explain to me, is it just them wanting their tag title match since there's no more rematch clauses and all that? I don't think they're going to win Sunday regardless of whether it's a heel turn or not. Really, it comes down to the champs, Revival, and Alistair Black and Ricochet. Ooh, it's a tough one. I can't see Alistair Black and Ricochet losing on the main roster this quick. I think, you know, they're way too talented, way too new, way too much buzz around them right now. I, I really, as much as the call-ups seem to shock a lot of people, I wrote a column about how it really shouldn't be shocking at all that they're called up right now. And I, I don't know if I want them in the tag division, but I do know I don't want them losing. So I'm going to say Revival gets back on track. I mean, once they won the titles, they started losing again, which I'm not sure really is going to convince them to stick around in the company if they truly do want to leave. I'm going to say they pin Bobby Roode or Chad Gable. Probably Gable. He seems to take the fall a lot of times. So I'm going to say Revival retain. This should get, you know, 20, 30 minutes. There's, you know, I think there's like eight matches on this card. It should get plenty of time. I'm going to say Revival wins. They retain. I'm thinking of an opponent for them at Mania. Does, does anything ring a bell for anybody? I really don't see anything. Maybe another match against Black and Ricochet. But I'm not sure Revival get on the card. And, you know, that might convince them to say, you know what? We're not on WrestleMania. We won the tag titles, but we keep losing. You know, we're going to stick to our guns. And when our deals are up, we're out of here. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. That's for sure. Back to the SmackDown side, Asuka, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Remember her? Asuka? Remember the big moment at TLC? No? No? Anybody? Okay. You know, she only made Becky Lynch tap out at the Royal Rumble, but whatever. She's she's facing Mandy Rose. I don't know what happened at the live event the other night. I'm kind of scared to know what happened. But if Asuka doesn't win this match in, you know, 10 seconds, I mean, I'm talking a minute here. Uh, there's something wrong here because Asuka, you know, let's be real. She deserves a whole lot more right now. We all know Mandy Rose has a high ceiling and everything like that, so we don't need to discuss that. But, you know, it's the road to WrestleMania. This girl was undefeated for two and a half years. She did win the Royal Rumble last year in the main event of the pay-per-view. She arguably stole the show last year at WrestleMania against Charlotte. And here she is as finally champion facing Mandy Rose. I mean, Corey Graves may be excited over this one, but I don't know who else is. Asuka's got to steamroll through this, and again, I, I hate to say it again, but anybody know an opponent for WrestleMania? Asuka versus question mark? Open challenge? Something? I mean, once Charlotte and Becky Lynch kind of transitioned over to Raw recently, Asuka's got a whole lot of nothing going on. I'm I'm guessing it's going to be Lacey Evans because that seems to be the little idea with her walking to the ring and talking about nasties or whatever the deal is. We need to start hearing from her more. I'm guessing Lacey Evans and maybe her quote-unquote debut pay-per-view match. And, I mean, I would almost say she's going to end up winning. But, I mean, Fandango versus Jericho. I mean, we know how that went. So... 
I mean, Asuka going from undefeated for two and a half years to NXT Women's Champion to Royal Rumble winner to facing Charlotte, all these great things, Royal Rumble winner to facing Mandy Rose to perhaps losing to a new Lacey Evans. I mean, I get they want to create new stars with this and all, but that may be a little too much too soon. But on Sunday, Asuka, she retains. The Shield. The Shield is back, ladies and gentlemen. The Shield is back. Remember that uh, triple power bomb at the Elimination Chamber paper last year, last month? I'm sorry. Remember that one? Yeah. I don't know why people seem to just cross over that when it happened. It. I mean, it seemed pretty clear there was some foreshadowing there to me. But the Shield are back, and they need some. You know, they need some three goons to beat up. So. Looks like it's going to be Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Lashley. Six-man tag. Oh, boy. Lots to discuss here. Lots to dissect. Lots to get through. I don't know where to start. So I'll talk about Roman Reigns a little later, but we can get to him later. So I'm going to say Seth Rollins. I, I like this. It's a little stopgap. Brock Lesnar's not going to be around. So we understood he kind of had to buy time till February and March, and then once Mania hype kicks in, then Lesnar can stick around again. So I like this little Shield reunion. Rollins has the momentum. He was my pick to win the Royal Rumble. He had been for months, and he did. So don't worry about him. He's fine. Dean Ambrose is the one to probably worry about. I, I believe he's leaving. I don't buy into the is he staying or going or should he whatever. I think he's going. I think that was made up you know, probably a while ago. And... There's going to be some back-and-forth rumors for a while about him. Is he really going to go second-guessing himself, last-minute offers? It's all part of negotiations, really. And I see him leaving. I think he's going to go. And this really is going to be kind of a last hurrah for the Shield. I know they've gotten back together a bunch of times, and it's always kind of not gone well. But this does feel like kind of the end of the chapter for them. Uh, what they do with Dean Ambrose at Mania, that, that to me is the biggest question. And I know with Roman Reigns back, they probably want him to beat up a Baron Corbin or Drew McIntyre or Lashley, or they probably want to do something with Roman Reigns. I, I mean, I, I wrote about this in a column, but I would almost stick to what was rumored as the original plan. The original plan was, well, if you believe the rumors, was Roman Reigns keeps the Universal Championship through the end of 2018 into early 2019, and then Dean Ambrose still turns heel, and then he challenges Reigns for the title. Now, obviously, there's no title involved anymore, but I would I would still stick to that. I would do the fake-out turn, and Dean Ambrose is still actually a heel. Think of Stone Cold at Invasion 2001, if you need an example, where he turned face for a few days, and nobody knew if they could buy it or not. And it turned out it wasn't real. And he actually was a heel all along. So I don't know if they do the turn on Sunday or the next Monday. Or I mean, I, I doubt this happens. But in my mind, I would still do Ambrose, you know, turns on Reigns. Gives him a dirty deeds in the middle of the ring. Leaves him laying and says, you know, I don't care that you're back. The shield means nothing to me and all this stuff. You know, I just needed you to beat up the three goons, as I call them. And now that that's over with, I want to beat you and embarrass you at the biggest stage of them all and show your comeback was too early and all this, you know, and then they get personal from there. But that would give Reigns another big win at Mania. 
it'd certainly get fans behind him. And, you know, if we're being honest, the business is about losing on the way out. So, yes, Dean Ambrose would lose on the way out. That, that's just how it goes. He gets to work with his buddies, probably still travel together. And it's a nice little farewell, nice spot for him on the card. Because without that, I mean, can anyone find a spot for Dean Ambrose on the Mania card right now? No? Anyone? Anyone tell me what he, anyone tell me? No? Okay, so he's probably not going to do much without that. On the other side, I don't know what Lashley is doing with Leo Rush. Are, are they together? Are they, are they breaking up? Are we getting a Lashley versus Leo Rush feud? I mean, I would hope not. Even Lashley, as much as he struggles on the mic, and I've not always been the biggest fan of the guy, I mean, he deserves better than that. Baron Corbin, he, I mean, he'll get another chance down the line, but we are still way too fresh of his failed cash-in from, what, a year or two, a year, a year and a half ago? and his little raw general manager, whatever that was. So I think we're still too fresh to kind of go back to the Baron Corbin thing. That that can wait. If you're asking me, I'm going all the way with Drew, and I think they kind of want to, but also kind of want to wait till after Mania, because him versus Seth Rollins, to me, just is an instant summer feud right there. So... On Sunday, it sucks that these three guys, you know, they're going to lose. They have to lose to the Shield. So, I mean, I guess Corbin takes the loss, but can Leo Rush cost Lashley another loss? And then they kind of go from there. Maybe, maybe not. Shield win. They reunite. They get the little pop on face lane, fast lane. And then from there, yeah, we know where Rollins is headed. He's headed for the title, which I think he'll win from Brock Lesnar at Mania. And Reigns and Ambrose and all them, you know, still a lot to figure out on the road to WrestleMania. <clears throat> Up next, SmackDown again. Usos versus Miz and Shane. You know what? You can hate me all you want. Go right ahead. I I don't know if this counts as a guilty pleasure or not, but I've been enjoying the Miz and Shane. I mean, I've always been kind of a sucker for Shane McMahon and his, you know, flying off the cell and him coming in for a month and losing and. You know, people laugh at his punches and all that, but even that feud with Legacy and Randy Orton I thought was fun. Came in to defend the family and got his uh, butt whooped. Let's keep it PG here. Got his butt whooped and then left, and that was pretty much it. So he's he's done that for a while. I always mention this little stat, but he does not have a one-on-one -on -one pay-per-view victory, I believe, since August 2003. So anybody worried about him winning or overshadowing or whatever garbage, it's just not true. He picks up a rare tag team victory or, you know, with Daniel Bryan last year at Mania or even The Miz winning the tag titles. But then at the end of the day, I mean, something happens, they have a pay-per-view match, and then he loses. That's what he's always done, and I think that's what he'll always do, and he gets it. I, I trust Shane in this opportunity, and he, he, he gets it. He gets it. So Miz and Shane... I mean, I hate to kind of gloss over the Usos, but the Usos are going to retain, and I'm guessing they're going to face the reunited Hardy Boys on SmackDown. That's a good that's a good spot for Mania. That is perfect for both teams. It doesn't feel like it's you know filler or pointless or anything like that. It feels like it's exactly right for both teams, and I don't know if the Hardys will win, but if you read my column a month ago, I told you they were sticking around for another year. And sure enough, a week or two later, it was reported that they are sticking around. So, you're welcome.
Miz and Shane lose in Cleveland at Fastlane. I've had this debate a million times with my girlfriend. Take a shot, folks. I said her name. So I, I, I think I think it's Miz that turns. I think one of them turns, and then obviously they do the whole feud to Mania. Uh, my girlfriend, take a shot. She seems to think Shane is going to turn. And she she buys into this whole good guy Miz father act with Maurice and the whole family guy now. So she buys into it. I, I don't. Miz is a natural heel. He's good at riling people up. And with his dad supposedly going to be there front row at Fastlane in Cleveland, hometown, I don't know. I, I, I see him turning and flipping off the fans in his hometown and... I mean, it would certainly work if Shane turned. I mean, in Miz's hometown, I would I would guess they'd back him up. But Miz is just too natural as a heel. I, I think he turns and then gets a big win at Mania over Shane. And yes, folks, beating Shane at Mania is a big win. As we have seen through the years, working with Shane is considered a, I guess, promotion almost in back. Um, if you're in the WWE backstage officials, Anything with the McMahon family is considered important. So you may laugh and point fingers and everything about getting a match with Shane McMahon. But no, that is considered a good thing. So I'm going to be happy for The Miz. And he really does deserve a win. And I think he's had a main event run probably a year or two in the making. He, he does need to move up the card after this. For the Raw Women's Tag Team Champions, I'm calling them Raw Tag Team Champions because, let's be honest, they've been featured on Raw the most, even though they do say they're going to split up throughout the brand. So, Bailey and Sasha, great moment at the Elimination Chamber. That was just a really nice moment. It, it actually did get emotional. It was teary-eyed for everybody. I, I know it wasn't handled the best with Bailey and Sasha with their on-and-off feud for the past year or so, but, man, it was quite the moment when they won the well, quote-unquote, first ever. Women's tag team titles, super cool moment. And, you know, not surprisingly, they're going to face Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka first. And this, to me, just kind of feels like the Shield facing Drew, Corbin, and Lashley. It just kind of feels like, okay, the popular faces, they kind of need someone to beat up for a month. And that's going to be Nia Jax and Tamina. I'm not going to go on a rant on them. I mean, they're they're just, you know, I've, I've been super nice in my columns through the past 11 years. If anyone's read me, I never say anyone sucks. I never use curse words. I never go on rants, as they say. You know, I just don't do that on certain talents because at the end of the day, they are human. They do put their lives and bodies on the line for our entertainment. And I know they're all working hard. And I know they're all quality human beings in their own right and have something to deliver for us fans they wouldn't be there if they didn't but Nia Jax and Tamina uh no thanks I'm not I'm not gonna say anything else beyond that they're just yeah so I should stop there Bailey and Sasha win on the road to Wrestlemania it's you know it's tempting you know what do they do do they go to NXT do they call up Yoshirai or Kyrie Zayn for a tag match do they face the Iconics on Smackdown personally that's what I would do but then there's the option of a, a legend showdown I mean you have the Trish and Lita thing they were a part of evolution if people remember that from October so clearly if they had the right story they would return we know that I, it's tough. They they want to put the women's tag team titles on the map. 
And going across brands is a good way to do it, which I approve of. You're not going to have like five sets of women's tag team titles or whatever. You're just not going to do that. So I like the idea. I think the Iconics get the role. They've kind of been teasing it on social media a little bit. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Iconics versus Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania. And I hate to kind of beat the same drum here, but I think we get new tag champs. I think Iconics may do it at Mania, and that would be fine by me. Speaking of new champs, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. I do not think we get a new champ here. I think Daniel Bryan is going to retain. I think I think SmackDown has a whole mess of an issue here, but I think they're ultimately going to get out of it because what's going to end up happening is Kevin Owens is going to lose Sunday. I don't think it's going to be due to Rowan, who, let's be honest, is also in the Nia Jax and Tamina category in my mind. So I don't think Rowan is going to cost him the match. I think... I think Sami Zayn, I I don't know. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they should be the Brett and Sean where they, they're just, they're always connected in some way, but they're not always feuding. Even think more recently, the John Cena and Edge feud. Sure, they took months off at a time and they kind of went their separate ways, but anytime you needed a big match for Raw, anytime you needed a big pay-per-view match, anytime you needed a big thing hyped up, they went to Cena and Edge and it delivered each time. So I believe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they probably should have had their one-on-one match immediately after getting called up instead of being in that giant ladder match, if you remember that, at WrestleMania a few years ago. They should have had a one-on-one match. They didn't. Last year they were tagging, which you know made sense. They faced Brian and Shane, if people even remember that match. But they were together, and now this year they can go back to feuding again. If it's on SmackDown, then so be it. Whatever rule they came up with that when you're injured you can switch brands, whatever. Does, does it really matter? No, I really don't care as long as it's entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and question these little rules and things they make up. I mean, if people want to, then go ahead and nitpick all day long, but... It's just kind of worthless and pointless at the end of the day. If it's entertaining and it's good and it's quality, then fine. I'll take it. So I don't know if it's Sami Zayn. I don't know how he's doing health-wise, but if he comes back as a heel and costs Kevin Owens the match, he could even do a little partnership with Daniel Bryan. I guess if he has the big beard, then sure, he fits. So the real story to me is that Kofi Kingston, uh, you got to figure he's... You know, he's been yanked around and screwed, and they're telling the story perfectly. It, it mirrors the Becky Lynch thing, but I, I don't really care. Again, as long as it's good, I'm not going to complain. I'm not even a big Kofi Kingston fan. I'm certainly not a, you know, the New Day, that tossing pancakes around and all that crap, the bootio stuff. Please stop that. If Kofi Kingston's going to become WWE champion at WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all, top show of the year against arguably the top wrestler in the company, Daniel Bryan, I don't want to see him throwing pancakes around. I'm sorry. Nobody can defend that anymore if Kofi's going to actually get this push here. So I think Kofi Kingston's waiting in the wings. He's going to win like a battle royal or something on SmackDown in a week or two, get the shot against Bryan. And then from there, can we please, please get a serious Kofi Kingston I love the Elimination Chamber stuff. I thought that was excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. 
I cannot praise it enough. When he got to the finals, which, by the way, I predicted, but beside the point, he got to the end. It was great drama, high intensity. Everybody was on their feet. And, you know, I don't want to say they should have called an audible that night because I'm really not all for audibles like that on that night. You know, you don't just say screw plans and do something in the moment. It's just it rarely ever works. So I'm fine with them keeping Brian winning. But, man, that crowd was rabid. I mean, that crowd would have popped and the roof would have exploded, honestly. I think it was in Houston. They would have went nuts. Nuts. I mean, Houston would have exploded big time if Kofi would have won the title right there in that moment before WrestleMania. It would have created quite the moment. But I think you save it for WrestleMania. I really do. I think WrestleMania, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. There's a reason why they inserted Kevin Owens like this in a pretty sloppy, screwed up, you know, whatever, whatever word you want to use. I think Kofi gets the spot. I think that's been the idea ever since. Drum roll, please. Mustafa Ali. Poor guy. I mean, I have no doubts this spot would have been for him. I really believe that's what it was. Daniel Bryan apparently has taken a liking to him and kind of worked with them behind the scenes under his wing. I have no doubts they were working towards that. And if you remember Ali Pin Brian that um, a few weeks ago, that that's what this was building to, I believe. And, you know, he got hurt. And it, it sucks. It really does suck for him. But, uh, you know, poor guy. I hope he gets something out of this in the end. He returned on SmackDown. And I don't think the crowd even really popped for him. They didn't give him much of a reaction. And that's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Kofi, I don't want to say took his spot. Good sign. Not a good sign at all for him. I don't want to say Kofi Kingston took his spot because that's unfair to Kofi. He didn't take his spot. But that that's kind of how it feels, unfortunately, for Mustafa Ali. I, I hope things turn around for him. I hope things get better for him. Man, it, it just sucks for him this close to WrestleMania. All right, our main event, I believe it should be the main event. It's my main event in my mind, so I'm going to say it's the main event. It, of course, is Becky Lynch versus the one and only Charlotte Flair. You know, the one everybody hates. The one who apparently didn't have great matches the past few years and carried this entire division. Yeah, her, the one getting rewarded now, and apparently it's a big bad thing, apparently. So... I, I think it's kind of clear what's going on here. Ronda Rousey's the Raw Women's Champion. I've said it for a while. She's going to lose at WrestleMania. I believe she's also going to be leaving after WrestleMania. I think anybody that thought she was, you know, full-time for the next five years or whatever, you know, was kind of kidding themselves. But she's been full-time for the past year. Hats off to her. She worked the schedule. So amazing for her. But this is kind of where it ends and the one step we need now is for Becky Lynch to officially be added to it, even though she did at WrestleMania, or Royal Rumble, I'm sorry. So she has to beat Charlotte, and I think she will on Fastlane. If, if it's clean, if it's a messy finish with Ronda, if it's something with her crutches or injury or whatever, does it really matter? The ending moments of WrestleMania is going to be Becky Lynch holding the Raw Women's title. I think if you're, you know, thinking anything else, you're kind of foolish. I think that's been the plan probably for months, and I love it. I think it's amazing. If Charlotte's around, along for the ride, so be it. You know she brings the athleticism. You know she's going to get booed. You know she's going to bring it. How many years in a row now has she almost stolen the show at Mania or pay-per-views, main events? 
you know, I don't I don't get the knock against Charlotte. I understand. I'm all for Becky Lynch first round of Rousey one on one. That was the plan for Survivor Series. Unfortunately, it got pushed back. So I get it. But you also have to remember, and people have forgotten this point. Becky Lynch was never supposed to be in this spot. It was supposed to be Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey for the past year. That was going to be the main event. So anybody that's a big fan of Charlotte and really looking at the full picture could turn that around on Becky and say, well, really, Becky, you're the one who got kind of inserted here because it was going to be Charlotte versus Ronda at Mania. So it goes both ways. So I understand wanting all three in there. I don't think it's so Ronda doesn't lose. I, I do believe she's going to lose. Like Shane, she quote unquote gets it. She understands what she's doing. She understands the business. She's a fan. So I believe she is going to lose. I would prefer by tap out. But we shall see. Becky Lynch is going to walk out of Mania with the title. So everybody can sit and gripe for the next month. But that will be the closing image of WrestleMania, the women main eventing. So what happens Sunday? I mean, I'm guessing Becky wins, clean or not. I guess it ultimately doesn't matter too much to me. As long as we get what I said, Becky Lynch holding the title after WrestleMania. And that's pretty much Fastlane. I'm not sure it's had too much of a build. A lot of it's kind of been thrown together. I mean, Becky and Charlotte was just made, and that's been kind of a mess the past few weeks just to get to this point. Kevin Owens was obviously just added last minute. That's kind of been thrown together. You could argue the Shield reunion's been thrown together, although I would say that's been kind of foreshadowed and teased for at least a month, maybe more with the whole Roman Reigns return stuff. I mean, Mandy Rose Asuka, don't know where the heck that came from or why we're even doing that. Mysterio and Andrade was just added, but that's also been kind of in the works for a while. So I like it. Samoa Joe won the title on SmackDown. He's not on the card, but he seemed to tease a showdown with John Cena, which, hey, that's fine by me. Thumbs up there. We've never gotten the Joe Cena thing. That kind of, I believe it was announced on a Raw a year, year or so ago, and then, you know, an injury kind of prevented that. So that. I like it a lot. So some quick little plugs for you. We are on Apple again. We are on Google Play. We are on Spotify. We are on TuneIn. We are on YouTube. And yes, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This is all under the 411 Podcast Network. Now for some quick little hits. I just want to mention WrestleMania is going to Tampa Bay next year. WrestleMania 36. I don't use the Roman numerals anymore, but let's just be honest. It's WrestleMania 36, Tampa Bay, Florida. I mean, come on, guys. I was there in Orlando for 2017, 2012 was in Miami, 2008 was in Orlando, even 2011 was down in Atlanta, and I mean, geez Louise, can we go back anywhere else, anywhere, anyone, I mean, we just had two in New Orleans in 2014, 2018, I don't know what's going on in the southeast down there, but I don't know, but I put up a poll about me attending WrestleMania next year, April 5th in Tampa Bay. And I believe it was 95% said, yes, I should go. I mean, I only went to one. That was in Orlando. It was a great time. It was excellent. It was a bucket list item for me. I crossed it off. I didn't plan on going this year regardless into the New York, New Jersey market. But I'm not going to lie. It's tempting. Tampa Bay, back to Florida. It's something to keep an eye on. The other news of the week seems to be Ronda Rousey leaving after WrestleMania 35. And this was something we talked about already. I think she's going to lose the title. She's going to lose to Becky Lynch. Not Charlotte, folks. It's going to be Becky Lynch. And I do think she's going to leave. I mean, I know she's under a contract for three more years, but 
She's going to leave. I think she, she wants to start a family. And when she's ready to come back, think of maybe a Brie Bella or something. When she's ready to come back, she'll come back. This is just kind of what her run was going to be. It wasn't going to be a five-year full-time schedule. That, that's not what this was. And if she comes back as a heel and turns her uh, attitude volume way up and does kind of a Brock Lesnar thing and just comes back and hurts people, hey, that's fine by me. I'm all for it. She did the full-time schedule. Big props to her. So she can come back and do a part-time schedule. I have no issues with that. The other issue is uh, Batista and Triple H. I kind of got a big uproar this week. I, I liked it. I, I like Batista not showing up this week. You, you always kind of leave fans wanting more. You don't kind of do that. He can kind of be a guy who comes in a few times before their big match at WrestleMania. And I like the fact that Triple H responded. I'm not sure I would have done the whole uh, breaking the fourth wall and doing the whole real versus, you know, that that stuff. I'm not always too incredibly fond of that stuff. So I probably would have left that out. But I did understand what Triple H was talking about with the Richard Fleer and Ric Flair comparison. I got the whole story, but once he started going, you know, way overboard with it. You know, it did take me out of the moment. I'm not sure I would have done it. I, so I hope this week they're teasing a showdown in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to guess Batista actually doesn't show up again because they're kind of teasing it. I, I don't know. I guess he could show up. But I would I would kind of get back to where we're going with Batista Triple H, longtime rival, longtime friends, bitter enemies, all this stuff, and the fact that, you know, Triple H has never beaten Batista, and they can mention that, and there's a story there. So that was the other big story from the week. Something I wanted to quickly touch on was All Elite Wrestling. Now, now hold on, hold on. I, I'm not known for uh, being the independent wrestling guy. I'm well aware of that. But you have to remember, I'm all for AEW. I've defended them. I've talked them up. And I've been on the hype train just like everyone else on Twitter. So, so relax. Put the pitchforks down. I... I do think they had a great buzz with the press conference. I thought they had, you know, a lot of good signings and people that I may not know, but I know they have buzz. So I like the people they were bringing in. And I also believe that they do have some sort of big TV schedule or TV deal. I think they have something planned for fall. So I'm all for that. I love the stuff they're doing in Jacksonville. I thought the SmackDown press conference thing where they took a shot at him with Jericho coming in. I thought that was a great first shot out there, and I loved all that. I think it's amazing. I said they'd sell out last year with All In with the whole 10,000 C challenge. I thought they would sell out. They did. I said they'd instantly sell out Vegas. They did. So all that's going great. But here's my little point I wanted to make. They announced Jericho versus Kenny Omega this week. And, you know, I, I saw their first match, and I just... I don't know. Has AEW lost a little buzz? I know they haven't even started yet. I'm well aware this is like day one of a million million day thing, but you know, it doesn't, you know, the announcement didn't really do much for anybody. And I'm just wondering if uh, they need to kind of uh, maybe start announcing the TV deal or something, or maybe another big match for their card. I, I don't want to mention the name CM Punk, but it does feel like AEW is... You know, their momentum from a few weeks and even a few months ago, and I guess even last year a little bit, you know, it, it's kind of, it's gone away. They, they need to now do something before their big event, and they need to kind of get it back and then kind of lead into the summer because it's WrestleMania season. So, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind sometimes. And my final topic, I, I, 
I, it's just it's just this whole Roman Reigns thing. It's kind of a tired subject to me. It it doesn't really even do much for me to be honest with you. But I I mean, can can we make up our minds? It just seems like the wind blows wherever, and we just. I mean, he came in the Shield, tough guys, 2012 Survivor Series, amazing debut. Did great through through zone 13. They were protected. They were tough. They were kept strong as the joke goes. That everything was going great. And then it seemed 2014 Royal Rumble, final two with Batista. He was cheered. I know people are going to say that he was cheered more so for against Batista, but regardless, it was Roman Reigns in that spot. And I believe that was also the year he set the elimination record. I could be wrong about that. But he got cheered, whether you want to defend it or not, as a Batista backlash. He got cheered. And then, I don't know what happened from there. Then the Shield kind of turned face against the Wyatts. And then when they broke on their own, he was even doing great. He was getting amazing reactions in the summer of 2014 into the fall. The injury, or I think he got like an illness or something, that derailed him. The whole... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of pointless. It's the whole when people mention John Cena, the the poopy storyline. The whole he did one promo with the word poopy. Like, can we give it a rest? So Roman Reigns said, "Suffer and suck a Taj on a SmackDown." Big deal. It was four and a half years ago or five years ago, whatever it was. Like, can we move on from that? And then that seemed to like bring like a big uproar. Like, oh my gosh, Vince McMahon is writing his promos and he said, "Suffer and suck a Taj." Like. Give me a break. And then started the whole backlash. And I don't know what happened through all that. But then by 2015, at the end of the year, he was cheered again. So then he was cheered for a month because apparently he took no prisoners and kicked a lot of butt and all this stuff. And then people liked that for a night or two. And then he was just booed constantly. And then somewhere along the line, I think maybe a year ago, he did actually, I think, kind of turn a corner where maybe he was finally getting the John Cena respect, but then it, it didn't seem to last. And then he left, obviously, with his leukemia, and now he's back and he's getting cheered again. I mean, is he going to get back to being booed? Can, can someone just explain this to me? I'm not sure I understand it. It's not like he's been champ for five years straight, so don't tell me he's been doing all these things on top of the card like Cena. That That's not what it was. It's not the Hogan thing. He loses all the time. He loses, honestly, more than he probably should, and it's mostly clean. And now he's back, and he's probably on the right track, and, and I hope things go well for him. I hope, you know, I hope he gets cheered, but I also understand that he's probably going to start getting booed again soon. So that that's kind of where I'm going to end it is just kind of a something to ponder and think about with whole the whole Roman Reigns issue. So that's how I'm going to end it. I do want to remind everybody that this is just kind of a quick little podcast. I wanted to get out there. I wanted to get this out there. The 4114 site wrestling podcast. That's what it's going to be called. I do have co-hosts lined up. I do have guests in mind. There's a lot of segments. Music is coming, so a lot of stuff is coming. But like I said, I just wanted to use this as kind of like an introduction to let everybody know that this is going to be the 411 Podcast Network, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, TuneIn, all that good stuff. You can find us there. And until next time, enjoy the show.